your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Bowers awaits the shotgun snap, sends the tight end in motion. They roll right. Bowers throws pass. It's not complete. Eli Sullivan knocks the football away, and the Huskers have a goal line stand taking over the one. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are, Friday night. Oh, what a bonus, right? We'll just send you off into the weekend of a fun couple of hours coming your way. And congrats, you made it to another weekend. I think it's next weekend's President's Weekend. So some people are going to have a three-day weekend next weekend. But just the old traditional two, two-day weekend coming up here. <laughs> Uh, for you Saturday and Sunday. Here's what we have on the program tonight. Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7 going to join us in a couple of minutes. We'll talk Husker football with him, his thoughts about the coaching hires, the thoughts about this recruiting class. 24-7 puts together a super six. They go out and pull a bunch of media members, including our own Ben McLaughlin, and put together a super six. We'll talk about that with BC coming up here in just a little bit. Hour number two, Ben had a chance to catch up with Husker now senior defensive back, DiCaprio Boodle. See how winter conditioning is going for the Cornhuskers. Um, DeCap has been a good player for Nebraska for the last couple of years. He's been one of the top guys in the country in pass breaks up, breakups. And so now he's going to be uh, one of the old men in that back of that back end of the Husker defense for next fall. So we'll hear how DeCap's been doing in winter conditioning. Husker basketball's off to Iowa City. They'll play the Hawkeyes tomorrow. Nebraska's not played for a week. Fred Hoiberg met with the media before they left. We'll hear from him coming up in hour number two. Hour three, we'll have our weekend preview. Uh, Nate Rohr will check in with us. You heard it during the ticker with Josh that the Oscars got their first win today, a 10-7 winner over UTEP. We'll get Nate's take on games one and two for the Oscars softball team. We'll have our weekend review and our winners and losers of the week as well. And as always, phone lines are open and available for you at 866-HUSKER-1-866-487-5371. Let's talk with some news that broke this afternoon as the official invites, Ben, went out for the NFL Combine, which is coming up at the end of February. 337 invites went out. Four of them went to Cornhuskers. The Twins, Carlo and Khalil Davis, Darian Daniels, and Lamar Jackson all have been invited to the Combine, which is a fairly strong indicator of um, being a draftable player. And so it's a really good chance for them to go test, show themselves off a little bit. Uh, of course, a couple of them have already played in some of those college all-star games in January, and so they've all had kind of the eyeball test with some scouts in those venues, but now they'll all get a chance to go to Indianapolis here in a couple of weeks, and uh, good for them. I, I, I'm a little bit surprised maybe that, that we got four invites. That's a pretty high mark for Nebraska football in recent times, but certainly excited for the four. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity, you know, for all of the Combine um, participants, not just the ones at Nebraska, but you know, you receive one of those coveted invites, and I think it, it it's a it's a little confidence boost for sure. But at the same time, you know, it, it kind of puts your name on the radar of of one of the players that's going to be drafted. And I think the interesting thing is uh, how different of a prospect all these four players are for their own reasons, and how I think the combine will be beneficial. But you know, they're not just for forty times or vertical jumps or whatever. You know, I think every every player is going to excel 
uh, for different reasons at the combine. I think guys like Lamar and Darian, um, just their measurables alone are, are going to put them in a good standing. Uh, you know, Lamar's a big corner, good size guy. Um, and I think that's certainly going to help him and Darian as well. You know, there's a lot of three, four teams out there that, that need nose tackles. And, you know, I just think his just size alone, you know, you, they may not know who he is uh, by looking at his name, but they're going to know who he is when he walks in the room, just, just on how big he is. And he's going to say, Hey, who's that guy? And I think that's, you know, just to get people, you know, their eyes on him is, is a good thing as well. And, and I think for the opposite reasons, the Davis twins, I think they're going to test real well. I think they're just so athletic. Um, the way that they run for their size, you know, they're not going to be Darian. They're not going to walk into the room and people go, oh, man, that's, that's a D tackle I got to have. If they don't know your name or didn't watch any of your tape, they're not going to wow you by their size. But I think they could potentially wow you with their athleticism for how big they are. And I think that's where that, that's going to help the twins, you know, Carlos and especially Khalil, just their athleticism. They're going to – they're going to test, you know, with the three cone and the, and the 40 time and their agility better than anybody else for their position group. Now, they're not going to go out, run linebackers and, and fullbacks and tight ends. But, you know, the, just their, how they stand out with the defensive linemen, their athleticism is going to be right there. And I think that's, that's a huge benefit for Khalil them. Khalil got to play in the Shrine Bowl. And he was really good. In fact, early in the week, I know some scouts were going, the best guy out here has been Khalil Davis. Carlos didn't get that chance. This is really big for him. And again, 337 invites. There aren't 337 guys that get drafted. So not everybody that goes, but at least it shows that these guys have been getting mentioned by enough clubs to to garnish the invite. And then it's up to you what you do when you get there. Well, I mean, it's think about it this way. It's a job interview, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, you it's like it's like a job fair right only a certain amount of people get to attend the fair which means you get to go interview with with the employers and you get to represent yourself and and showcase your skills and then you know there's a much larger candidate pool for people that are just going to get phone interviews or you know off-site interviews which are essentially the pro days right so you know i think it's just to to throw your hat in the ring to be able to have those those face-to-face interactions with the GMs and with the scouting personnel, it gives you such a leg up. And it, you're not just relying on your pro day where everybody runs well and every you know the, everybody has a pro day. And you, so you're, there's a lot more information to sift through off that information than it is the combine when all the coaches, the scouts, the GMs, everybody's there in person you know, grading you firsthand with their own eyes and so it's a huge benefit to be able to get one of those invitations the combine is the 24th of february through march the first so just a couple of weeks away for that it certainly garners a lot of interest there's a lot of fans who love to just soak all that up and watch the nfl network and hear all the breakdowns and the i mean people get into that thing i not so much for me um but it's certainly the precursor to the draft which is coming up in april the draft by the way is in vegas this year Maybe we should send you out there to cover the draft. Sure. I'm, Would I, you be up for that at all? I might I might volunteer my name into the <laughs> ring for that. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to be able to do that. Uh, so, you know, you look at that, Ben. Three of the four, the Huskers that get the invites, played along the defensive line. That's obviously going to be a huge question mark here in a month when Nebraska starts spring ball. How do you fill the gaps created by the loss of those three guys? And – I know it's going to be a topic of conversation. I know there's going to be a lot of questions about it. 
But I'm quietly confident in some of the names I think are ready to step up and be a part of that. Well, I think a large part of that, too, is we knew the um, I, I, you, you knew the Davis twins were going to be seniors. Like that, that didn't catch you off guard. We were kind of surprised to get a defensive tackle graduate transfer. So that kind of like, was this a bonus? You know, and then we figured out, okay, this guy apparently is pretty good. Okay, this guy's really good. Okay, this guy's going to start. That was all just a, a one-year bonus. You knew you were just getting one year for Darian. So, you know, we, we had time to kind of mentally prepare for the Davis twins to be gone. Um, and didn't really know at all what type of impact Darian Daniels was going to give us this time last year. You know, and I, so I think, you know, you look at it hindsight and it, and it hurts pretty bad having – three defensive tackles that quality being out but one of them we didn't even know we were going to have so i it makes it a little bit easier you knew those guys i mean th you think about 365 days ago darian daniels wasn't even a thought right now so Correct. what was the thought well the thought was which one of these young guys can step up if the davis twins were to go down there's a lot of talk about ben stilly there's a lot of talk about you know other guys that were going to have to get those snaps now they weren't necessarily needed because of what Darian Daniels was able to come in and provide. Now it, now it is on those guys. It is on those guys that we talked about to take that step forward. And it's on some of these freshmen that we, that we saw to kind of take that step forward. And, and we are kind of where we expected to be this time a year ago on the defensive line. You look at guys that played last year. Stilly, you mentioned DeAndre Thomas played quite a bit last year. Darian's younger brother, Damian, he, he's back. He certainly can get it. And we got a little flavor late in the year. Ty Robinson mm -hmm. made some appearances. Keem Green, redshirted last year as a junior college. He certainly has an impressive look about him. He's got to translate that into production on the field. Um, Casey Rogers got a, a look a little bit late in the season and seemed to be doing some pretty good things. And then Nebraska, and I don't know if he was part of your Super 6, you go get Jordan Riley from Garden City Junior College, who started his college playing days at North Carolina, had some issues there, had to go the junior college routes. He certainly has the frame of a guy you're like, that guy ought to be able to come in and help us as well. There are certainly enough bodies. Now, how, how, do those, how does that manifest into playing time? Is it? And, and again, we've talked about this a lot at middle linebacker too. You know, Is it going to be a position where somebody has to play it? And, and so you put somebody in there, or is it going to be a situation where these players have earned it and they've proven that they deserve to be out there? You, certainly, you really hope it's the latter, and it's not just, well, we need, we need to fill the 11, so let's put these two guys out there. Um, I think there's going to be enough competition in that room to where there's going to be two or three of those guys that rise to the top. It will be fun to follow the progress of that group in the spring and obviously the August camp when they get back there as well. Also, here's a ticket update. Spring game tickets went on sale earlier this week. Tuesday season ticket holders had, had a crack at it by themselves. Then they went available to the general public on Wednesday. Uh, we've closed the week. 55,000 tickets have been sold for the Husker spring game. As you close this week, so you had four days of tickets sales that's probably they're not going out the door as fast as they have in the past but i'm pretty impressed with fifty-five thousand in four days and, and once fans know there's still some available i think you're going to get more and more people come in there i know we're gonna have a heck of a crowd on april 18th when, when the red white teams come out of the tunnel yeah i mean i'm not too worried about the the amount of people in the stands for the spring game um and again, we say this every year, but it's such a great opportunity for those fans that don't get to see the Huskers play on Saturdays in the fall. Um, it, the, the, ticket, the tickets are much more affordable. Yep. Uh, it's a great experience if, you know, they do the tunnel walk. They still do all the hoopla that's around the game. 
I don't get a huge kick out of the game itself because it is just a practice. But in terms of an environment, atmosphere, if you can't make it down on the Saturday during the fall, it's an awesome opportunity to bring the kids. And, um, you know, you, it's, it's a lot easier to get tickets in bulk. So if you've got a large family or, you know, kids with friends that you're wanting to come down there, it's a, it's a great opportunity to go down there and, uh, in a much more relaxed environment and just watch the Huskers play. Don't have a start time yet. That usually gets set by TV. BTN usually jumps in there and figures out a window. Um, I would guess early afternoon, but again, that'll be solidified as we get closer. But 55,000 tickets already sold for the spring game. Delighted to be joined now by Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7. Hello, BC. How are you tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're good. I'm going to start by kind of piggybacking on what Ben and I were talking about in the open, and that was the, the announcement today that four former Huskers have been invited to the Combine. Darian Daniels, the Davis Twins, and Lamar Jackson. Were you surprised that, that all four got invites to the Combine? Maybe if you had asked me that question in December, I would have been. But the way some of those guys were kind of picking up steam in January at some of the all-star events, I, I thought it was a good possibility. Um, I'm obviously really happy for Lamar Jackson because, I mean, you guys all know he, there was a there was a time in his career when I didn't envision this and I wondered if it might get derailed. So the fact that he's in position to possibly get drafted is a nice personal story. And I, I think Khalil Davis uh, can be a really good NFL player, and I think a lot of NFL personnel are starting to think that too. It sounded like he kind of dominated his all-star event and maybe in some other schemes he'll even fit a little bit better than he did with what Nebraska in particular ran at the NFL level. Um, and obviously Carlos is, is of a similar make with as Khalil, both being twins. And we saw what Darian Daniels did as far as winning respect in a year and becoming a team captain. So all those guys got a legit shot, and Nebraska fans need to root for them because there's – you know, it's getting a little bit thin up there with Huskers in the NFL, and we saw the Super Bowl streak ended. And so even if guys didn't have, you know, all-conference careers here in Lincoln, uh, you still want to see those guys, you know, playing on Sundays and representing Nebraska and start to build that back up again. It, it's important because you guys you're recruiting, look at that. They want to know who have you put in the league because so many of them, all, they all think they're going to make the league when they come out of high school. Yes. And we all know that's not going to be the case, but it is important. Sometimes that could be the deciding factor in a young man's decision. Um, what did you make of the, of the class? It, didn't, it, it wasn't added on to it all, and I don't know that we really anticipated that it might be, but now as you look back at the, at the 23 that have signed with Nebraska, what kind of grade would you give it? I'd give him a solid, I think a B plus. I mean, I, I guess there's always room to be a little bit better, but when you're talking about a program that's won 13 games the last three years, and I know Scott Frost kind of said this when you were interviewing him the other night. I mean, he, he acknowledged that, you know, it doesn't exactly compute that you're going to necessarily have a top 20 class combined with the win loss results that Nebraska's had. So, you know, they ended up number 20 in our 24 seven sport composite team rankings fourth best class in the big 10 behind ohio state michigan penn state who are obviously always going to probably have you know top 12 top 15 classes and it was the best class in the big 10 west with if, pe if people are paying attention uh the big 10 west is recruiting well uh wisconsin which has never really had highly rated recruiting classes had you know one of their best ever as far as rankings 
And uh, Iowa's been consistent. Minnesota's starting to make a charge now with, with P.J. Fleck and obviously the success they had. So it's important that Nebraska stacks up, um, you know, some, some good guys. But as, as Scott Frost said to you, you know, you're not trying to win signing day. You're just you got to make sure you find the right guys, not just the guys that look good on the computer screen. Um, and I, they think they got that, but we'll see. I think they did fill some needs at linebacker and, and definitely wide receiver, which, uh, you know, as we talk about the super six here, that some of those guys are going to come up. And, you know, getting five guys at that position group was, was a monster thing. He did say that the, to, to the staff, the biggest priorities were playmakers and, and pass rushers. As you look at it, where did they come up short in some areas you think that they needed to maybe do better than they did? Well, I don't know if they came up short yet because I think they really like some of their outside backers. I think until proven on the field, people are going to be skeptical about the whole linebacker spot. Barrett Root had to do a complete makeover with his middle backers when he got here. There are some guys who I don't think really fit with what they were thinking and, and they hit the road. So he's kind of had to build it up and he got some guys like Nick Henrich in the last class. And, you know, in this class you get Keyshawn green, who's a, a stud out of Florida who was committed to Florida state for the longest time. And it was sort of surprised everybody at the very end when he suddenly picked Nebraska. And then you get a Juco kid like Ateva Malga Clement, um, who has really, you know, risen up as a player in the last year. He's a guy who's gained like 50 pounds and three inches in the last year and a half or something like that and really loves to hit. So he, you know, he could enter into that middle linebacker competition. And then I think they have some projects at outside linebacker, but uh, that doesn't mean those guys in a year or two can't be ready. And I'm, you're talking about guys like Blaze Gunnerson and uh, Nico Cooper. I think they really like, and Jamari Butler is another guy who in a couple of years you might hear from. Brian Christopherson is with us from Huskers 24-7. We, we, he mentioned the Super 6. Did you do your own, or did you just help compile all of the the selectors? No, I got scolded a little bit by Mike Schaefer because I was, uh, I guess, the last man to get mine in. Um, uh, so I had, to, I had to rally a little bit, but I did submit mine. Um, I had Keyshawn Green, number one, on mine. Uh, then I had Omar Manning, Turner Corcoran, Blaze Gunnarsson, Xavier Betts out of Bellevue West and Savion Morrison, uh, the running back out of Tulsa, who broke uh, all of Spencer Tillman's records, a great Oklahoma running back. So uh, those were the six I had. Um, but it was interesting as you looked across all the lists that came in, um, and I think this is probably a good thing, it was very spread out with the voting. I mean, it wasn't just like it was all the same six guys. You definitely saw some different people that popped up in there. Um, the number one guy on our when you compiled them all together was Omar Manning, and I mean you're talking about a you know six four two twenty five receiver, and I know Scott Frost said the other night I haven't even coached a guy quite that looks like him. Now obviously you got to make him uh, realize all that potential that he has in his frame as far as production, but he's a guy who you know they're hoping has a really big two years. And then uh, second on the list was Turner Corcoran. He was the top-rated guy in the Nebraska class. Um, Keyshawn Green was three. Logan Smothers, four. Betts, five. And Sevian Morrison, six. So that that was the, how the voting came out. Um, and I think Logan Smothers is a guy, you know, even though it's a, a full quarterback room, people are pretty excited that uh, Nebraska was able to land him because he had a great senior year. 
Should we be concerned of the composite six that five of them were offensive players? Should that be a raise an eyebrow at all for Husker fans? I don't think so. I, I do think, you know, I, I would guess whether people are thinking about it or not, there's sometimes offensive guys maybe get a little favored status in the voting because, you know, it's easier to kind of judge their highlight film and be drawn to where the football is. And so I, I wonder if, if sometimes – I'd have to go back and look at how our other years have come out. But I, I do think maybe there's probably an advantage to being able to pile up a bunch of stats um, on lists like these. You know, same with, like, Heisman voting where, right. it's, you know, it's kind of offensive player friendly. So that's possible. But um, when I looked at the sleepers, um, like Jamari Butler was the top vote-getting sleeper along with Isaac Gifford, who I'm, I'm glad to bring up because we're talking about Luke Gifford's brother and a Lincoln kid who actually is a blue shirt in the class. But I think a lot of people kind of look at, at Isaac, who's already on campus, and say, well, if, if he got the same genes as Luke, uh, who's a very good player in this system, and I know this coaching staff loved, um, that's a guy that I wouldn't bet against. And so uh, there's definitely some defensive players that I think uh, people are pretty fired up about. I think Keyshawn Green is, is maybe the top one just because anybody who watched him in the All-American Bowl, even though it was you know kind of a, a fluffy scrimmage, still saw a defensive guy that can just fly around and get to the ball. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get here until the summer, but he's a guy that I think people are hoping has a pretty quick impact. I could see Travis Fisher using this list as a little motivation in his room, Brian. I mean, not a, not a lot of the DBs, which I think are a, maybe a pretty good lot, got hardly any of them got mentioned. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because, you know, Jaden Francois is was showed up on some lists, and he's a four-star kid out of the Florida area. Simone Lynham, I think, could be a sleeper. Um, he's a guy who was probably under-recruited. But, you know, the thing about Travis Fisher, I've already realized this. He trusts his own eyes. He yeah. doesn't need uh, Clemson or somebody to tell him who to go recruit because they offered him. If he, if he likes a guy and sees it, uh, and especially if the guy has length like Timon Lynham, uh, he's gonna he's gonna say I'll I'll offer this kid and I'll, I'll take my chances, um, but it's it's a good room he's got because when you think about the recruits in the last class, some of those guys who we didn't really see a lot of last year, the Noah Pollock, Gates, Miles Farmer types, Quinton Newsom, Javen Wright, and now you mix it with a group that has three early enrollees in it with Lynham, Henry Gray, and uh, Francois uh, and Gifford. That's a, that's a pretty fun spring, you know. I mean, that that's a that's a legit competition where that two deep can start to form maybe better than some other spots even by April because you're going to see how good some of those young players are right off the bat without having to wait till they arrive in the summer. I, I think the competition in that room is going to be intense for the next couple of years, and that's a credit to Coach Fisher with as many high-quality guys as he's brought into that room. It's going to be – fascinating to see well i appreciate you coming on we really want to i really wanted to dive into this because you guys do a great job compiling all that and you know it's certainly unscientific and it'll be fun to look back in in a couple years and see how everybody has done um, personally how's your track record been on the super six the last <laughs> couple of years i actually gotta go back and look i've had some really some ones i'm really proud of and i think there's a couple of lists 
maybe two years ago where I would like to pretend it didn't exist. But <laughs> I think that happened with a lot of people in the 2018 class, which yeah. it got blown up a little bit. Yep. And that's why, uh, you know, talking brass tacks, 2019 and the 2020 class, they really got to start to turn the tide and kind of make up for that. Um, so it is a guessing game. There, there, there will be some guys who are not on – that list or didn't work on hardly any list to there'll be a couple of those guys who are the you know the biggest players out of the class that's just the way it works and that's the beauty of it they it's all fun and games but then you got to see who can really do it then when you get out there absolutely well brian we appreciate you coming on congratulations to you and shay for putting this all together and it's always really fun to look at and uh these are these are keepers because you hang on to them and see how you boys do in a couple years it'll be fun to do that yeah we'll do that thanks for having me on you always enjoyed talking to Decap. Yeah, just a very bright young man, and I think a great representative of what Coach Frost wants in his program and had a heck of a story to even get here. I mean, that kid went through a lot to get recognized by different colleges and was found at a satellite camp um, because of his 40 time, his speed, and took a shot on Lincoln. And I think we're very appreciative to have him, and you know, he's going to be a cornerstone to this defense and to this team. He, he's a pretty soft-spoken individual, but I think – you know the leadership role that he's going to have on this team uh, from here on out is going to be going to be an important one. And was lucky enough to talk with him earlier today and just start out by asking him what the uh, what the off season uh, workouts have been like in the winter time. Workouts been going real good. Uh, you know, a lot of guys in there are getting bigger, faster, stronger. Just uh, you know, ready to make this climb going into spring to go into the season. So, you know, guys coming here every morning enthused, ready to go, and, you know, that's that's just where we're at right now. What was the mentality heading into the offseason, Decap? I know you guys were, were so close to making a bowl, and, and the way that Iowa game ended probably left, left a sour taste in your mouth. So what did that kind of do the way the season ended with how you were going to approach this offseason? Yeah, the way the season ended, you know, we tried to make that push for the bowl game at the end of the year, um, and it just kind of hurt. Um, and a lot of guys are just, you know, remembering that feeling and using it to fuel them going forward in workouts. So, you know, um, every day we come in, we come in, uh, you know, with killer intent, and we just try to make it happen. What are those workouts like, you know, just being being there, being involved, and, you know, hearing Coach Duval, and then, you know, you've got some younger guys in here that are trying to figure out, you know, what what this stuff's all about. But what's what's the attitude, the mood in, in, in the weight room during those things? Um, it's been very high energy lately, um, a whole lot of energy every day, turn the music all the way up and just try to make the weights bang louder than the music does. Uh, you know, a lot of guys go in there, you know, just pumped, ready to go, whether it's 7 in the morning or 10 or even I've been in the, the developmental lifts later on in the day at, at 440, and, you know, they're they're going hard in there too. So really just just, you know, just everybody's just going hard right now. We were just joking a second ago about you being one of the older guys now and probably having to, to use that, that voice a little bit and become one of the leaders. What's that transition been like for you? Not only are you older, but you've played a lot of football here too. So you know it kind of makes sense that people will turn to you a little bit. How has the leadership aspect gone for you? Um, it's, it's been going good. You know, uh, guys respect me and I respect them the same way that they respect me. I listen to them and, you know, um, I just I just try to 
accommodate everybody the best way that they can be accommodated and just, you know, make people feel comfortable here and, you know, give people a reason to want to work, uh, try to fire guys up, try to bring their energy where, where the energy needs to be brought. And, you know, um, the, the guys, they do the same for me. You know, some days I, I come in and, you know, they, they get me pepped up. And once they get me pepped up, I just put a big smile on my face and I'm ready to go and vice versa. When you think about the team's trajectory and it seems like you know there are so many games where we're right there you know we just we're 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 not making the winning plays we're on the other end of it what what would you tell people about how close this team is right now I mean the offseason is usually the time to reflect not during the season now that you've kind of had some time to think about you know where this team's at compared to some of the teams that you played where would you say and how close this team is you know this year based on what you've experienced the last couple with coach Frost um, I think that um, our main focus going forward is just to be better versions of ourselves than we were previously, and everybody's trying to get better. There's nobody maintaining. There's nobody, you know, uh, trying to trend in the, in the wrong direction. We're just trying to get better, and if we just can, if we can come in here every day and get a little bit better, some way, whether it's you know mentally, physically, if we can just get a little bit better, then you know we'll be all right. A lot of people who aren't as invested in the program will just, you know, go on the internet and see Nebraska was four and eight. Then they were see their five and seven, and then this year probably, you know, make their own opinions on on what your record's going to be. But the record is not indicative of how much has changed here in this building. What what when you explain to people or have those conversations with people, maybe back home or, or your buddies, what do you what do you tell them about how far this program actually has come in two years, even though the record may not show it? Yeah. Uh... It's, it's definitely a process, and, you know, a lot of times when, when great things happen, you know, you kind of have to uh, build it from the ground up, maybe tear it down to, to be able to build it back up, to be able to elevate. And, um, you know, I just kind of think that's that's where we were at here, you know, having to, uh, with Coach Frost coming in, having to, you know, tear it down and build it back up to the way that he wants it to be built. And, um, you know, the, the past two years, we've there's been uh, a lot of good and there's been some bad too. But, um, you know, we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction. And, you know, I feel it. Everybody in this building feels it. And, you know, we just need to continue to, to be humble and just, you know, just come ready to work every day and everything else to take care of itself. And you brought in uh, a couple of players last year and another new batch are here this year. And I know, you know, you know probably paying attention to it, the staff is – heavy in Florida you know your home state what's it like for you to have those coaches make it a priority to to recruit and attack and try and bring guys from the homeland um I I love it because uh I know a lot about what those guys are about you know um I know what they bring to the table I know the type of players that they can be and you know the, the type of players that they that they want to be um football is a, is a big culture where I come from so you know guys uh don't take it lightly so and you know that's it's it's a big culture here too, so when you can kind of like take that and put it together, it's a recipe for for success for um, just about any young guy looking to to make a name for himself in college football, especially here in Nebraska. There's three of them from Florida here now that are that are just learning what this is all about, and they're probably turning to you going, dude, what's up with this weather and all this other stuff? You know, when you have the, them come here and you know about the same places back home, same places to eat, same streets, and all that stuff. What, what do you what do you tell those guys about you know making that transition to Nebraska and you know them looking at you as the example? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
kind of now I, I know how to navigate through through the weather uh definitely better than better than they do um so I just try to get them tips and pointers, try to help them out where I can. You know, um, I tell them don't go outside for too long. That's not very smart. Um, but you know, they, they they come from they 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 come from a place where you know, um, guys play football. Tough guys, tough guys uh, last uh, that play football down there. So uh, you know, they can be tough down there. They can be tough up here too. So um, you know, they just had to take the same the same mentality that they had from down there. You know that that obviously got them here, and just transition it into the lifestyle that that they're living right now. And they're they're all very tough guys. Uh, I'm high on every last one of them, so I know they'll be all right. When you have guys that that are making decisions in high school, um, and you know from Miami, and and, and the appeal is going to be stay in the South, go play in the SEC, play. I mean, if you go to the ACC or even the Big Twelve, when when you see them wanting to give Nebraska a shot and the in the Big Ten a shot, what is it about that area where we're hearing kids that say, you know, I love where I'm from, but I want to go, I want to go somewhere else and be my own man? Is it is do you, what do you see when you when you hear, hear that? I mean, do you see yourself, or is it is that is it you know individualistic to each person? Um, yeah, I um I kind of see a little uh, like the similarities in myself. Uh, want, wanting to get away from home uh, for a while to be able to grow. Um, maybe maybe some guys put themselves in in a little of an uncomfortable position, and I, I just think like. Uh, you know, when, when you're comfortable, you don't grow as much as, as when you're uncomfortable. So um, I think I think that can help a lot of guys who, you know, just come from completely different places than, uh, than Nebraska. And eventually, you know, they'll, they'll assimilate to the culture here and be able to navigate and, and walk through in life in here. And um, I just honestly think that, uh, you know, guys that – want to want to branch off and and come out to these cold places and uh that that are cold for half the year or however long they're cold for um I think it's smart because you know when once you go to the NFL and you play later games uh throughout the year you know you might end up getting drafted to Green Bay and if you've never been in the cold it, it'll probably eat you alive so you know I think I think that's smart for uh people to just kind of get uh accustomed to that early Speaking of the NFL, you got a former teammate who's prepping for it right now, a guy that you lined up alongside with, with Lamar. What was your relationship like with him? It was just watching him grow up was just so cool. And then and now him trying to take this next step to the to the combine in the NFL with, with it, what he's going through right now. What, what was your relationship like with him? And you know, what did he teach you about you know, just growth and, and how to take advantage of your opportunities here? Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely my guy right there, uh, Lamar. Shout out to him. Um, no, uh, I actually just spoke to him yesterday. Uh, he was telling me about, uh, you know, his different processes and, you know, the, the path that he's going on right now. And I'm actually really happy for him, happy that he's going and, and doing everything that he, that he wants to do. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing what, what he does in the next couple of months and where he ends up. Um, but, yeah, definitely watching him grow from when he first came in here, um, you know, alongside me. We kind of took different paths, but that was always my guy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just completely, like, happy for him right now and just so excited for what's in front of him and the, the amount of football that's in front of him because he still has his best football to, to play. Decap, we'll let you go with this one. Kind of ties into what we were just talking about. You know, with the departures of Lamar and the seniors, you know, each team kind of takes on their own identity and, and kind of attitude you talked about with us a little bit already. But what, what have you noticed this next team, this next team that's getting ready for spring ball, 
the attitude and mentality and what you guys want to be known for? I mean, you're kind of forming that right now, and the offseason is kind of where it's branded. But what would you tell us about, you know, what this team's going to be known for, what type of attitude you guys want to have? Um, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, finding ourselves right now. Um, we're going through the days, you know, learning more about us as a team, learning more about, um, you know, basically our, our, uh, our stamp. You know what what we're gonna be known for as a team, um, but I can tell you right now we we got a lot of tough guys. We got a lot of tough guys that, you know, if you tell them go run through a wall, they, they'll do it. So um, I I just I just leave it with that. We got a lot of tough guys. Gabriel, thanks for sitting out with us, man. This is a not the fun time, but soon you'll be able to put the pads back on in spring. Keep the body healthy, man. We'll see you real soon. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. DiCaprio Boodle, Nebraska now senior corner with us here on Sports Nightly, and just love hearing from him and you know he's kind of one of the the first guys to take a shot from miami to come up to nebraska now there's there's a lot of them and it's a good resource for those guys to have sure is he you told me that he said after you guys got done he was he can't believe he's a senior that how fast it's gone for him well he's one of the ones that have graduated so it is that said that's when it kind of hit him you know he's walking across the stage that that it's almost done and you know, we were kind of joking and and you know both of us thought it it uh it rang true you know we the when they're freshmen there's the curiosity factor who are the who's this DiCaprio Boodle guy from Miami so we spend some time trying to trying to get to know them and figure out who they are and then you know when they're seniors it's man I can't believe you're gone but that middle time is what just blurs together you know the sophomore the redshirt year the junior year that that's when it all just blends together it's like you remember the first year remember the last year everything else between is just a blur great to hear from him he's I would call him kind of a quiet leader he's not a real vocal guy but you know he he's going to lead by example he's going to work hard he's going to do all the drills hard when they're doing those type of things the cone drills whatever they may be doing he's going to be busting it pretty much all the time he is and he's a quiet guy off the field he's not quiet on the field uh he's not afraid to let let you know what he thinks and you know he plays with a big chip on his shoulder and you know he's told us a bunch of times before that he's had to do that with his size not a lot of people giving him a shot and you know being a little guy his whole life and of course having brothers too Mm -hmm. you know that toughens you up a little bit so uh that and you know just coming from Miami you know he mentioned it there a little bit in the interview too there's a toughness about you when you're from that area and when you're a smaller guy and you have brothers too, it hardens you up quite a bit. No doubt. Great stuff. Good interview with Decap there here on Sports Honey. Welcome back, Sports Honey here on the Husker Sports Network, and we're going to zip on down to Las Cruces, New Mexico. That's where our Nate Roar has been the last couple of days as Husker softball season got underway last night, in fact, against New Mexico State. They've already played today against UTEP 1-1. One and one. Um, First of all, everything. How's it feel to be back, back on a diamond again? Feels good. Feels really good, especially now that the sun is out. And uh, I was fortunate to sit inside for this one last night when uh, the lights were on. We were playing later into the night. It was fairly dark, and there was a pretty nasty wind blowing. Uh, I don't know how good it felt, but today, especially with the Husker win, it felt great. Eleven six. Dropped one the opener to New Mexico State, but you come back today to win 10-7. to Your impressions after watching a couple of games now for the Big Red? I think the biggest takeaway for me so far is how well the Nebraska offense has responded. Uh, the, this is a ballpark that is very hitter-friendly, and, and I feel like I've beat that drum 
uh, a little too much on the broadcast the first couple of days. But this, this is a pretty good place to hit. And also, New Mexico State always turns out a pretty good lineup. And even though UTEP has struggled uh, of late in the last few years, they've always found a way to hit. So uh, there are a couple of good lineups here. I do think Nebraska could pitch it a little better. But as those good lineups keep putting up runs, Nebraska's lineup has continued to put up runs. They scored in four different innings today. They scored in three different innings yesterday. And so the fact that this team is able to answer the other team's fire, I I think, is is a good sign moving forward. This team absolutely needs to be pitching it better uh, if if this is going to be the sort of season that Nebraska wants. Uh, But I'm willing to wait to see this pitching staff in a environment a little more conducive to successful pitching before uh, I, I really give up hope that this is an improved pitching staff from last year. Olivia Farrell was fairly good both days, wasn't she? Yeah, you know, she she was probably a little better last night. Uh, when she was pulled out of the game, they bring in Lindsey Jasper, and she really struggles. I felt today... Farrell was decent, but by the time her outing uh, was wrapping up, you could just sense that UTEP was getting a bead on her, getting a feel for her. And we're going to see a lot of split games this year, and I know Ronda Ravel has talked about it, but we're going to see plenty of games where Farrell pitches three and Wallace pitches three and Wall Jasper pitches one or whatever the combination is. And, of course, you know, and this is the same principle as in baseball, where changing a pitcher just changes the whole rhythm of the game. And as long as that pitcher comes out of the pen throwing relatively well, it usually takes a time through the order for the offense to catch up. And that's one thing I think this coaching staff and this pitching staff is going to rely on. Right. Okay, two games down, two games down but, what, three to go yet for the weekend? That's correct. The Huskers play Bradley tomorrow, 10.30 Central first pitch. And then they'll also play UTEP again. That's a 3 o'clock first pitch tomorrow. And then they wrap up Sunday with a pretty good Arkansas team. The Razorbacks are ranked 24th in the national pools. They were a regional team last year. They'll play the Razorbacks at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. All right. And then, then it's back to Lincoln for a few days before you're back on the road again, right? Yeah, we, we get pretty friendly with the airport terminals. We learned the Epley Airfield airport terminal pretty well during this time <laughs> of year, no doubt. All right. Well, congrats on win number one today. Hopefully there's a lot more to come. And uh, get some sleep, get some food, and be ready for the uh, double dip tomorrow. I'll do what I can, Greg. Thanks so much. We're back for the final segment of the night and our final segment of the week, which leads us into this week's winners and losers. And for the three of us who are all Chiefs fans, that's the ultimate win of the week, correct? <laughs> right. It's got to be. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's hard to imagine. I mean, who's who's going first? Well, that's what I was, I was going to say. My winner specifically, my, my newborn son, he was four days old on the day of the Super Bowl. I dressed him up in Chiefs gear, so... He's a winner because Heck he's yeah. never, you know, he doesn't know what it's like to not be a winner. So. Maybe Frankie doesn't know anything else but being a champion. That's right. Love it. See, he does not know a world in which you live where the Chiefs are not the Super Bowl champions. Exactly. And Pretty hopefully nice. he won't for a while. Maybe Let's keep it that way. Yeah, defend it, defend it next year. I think we can all agree Wasp is now the new 65 toss power trap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. that'll be that. Or uh, 
the 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 shift Rose Bowl parade one. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I mean, if we're just handing out winners, my I mean, it's it's hard to pick just one, but it's got to be Andy Reid. Andy Reid cool. for sure. Everybody was just so happy for him. He he's just his the one liners that he gives are just the best. I'm gonna go have the biggest cheeseburger you've <laughs> ever seen. Um, just so happy for him. All right, my winner. Uh, we'll just do winners at first, and come back and do losers. Sure, we're, we're shaking it up yeah. tonight. Well, we're kind of rocked that this whole Chiefs thing yeah, through a wrinkle to the whole thing. <laughs> my winner is George Cushy, the Husker track and field athlete who last weekend set broke his own mile record at the Devaney Center for the indoor at three fifty seven ninety three. He's going to go tomorrow as the this weekend's the Frank Savine Invitational out of the Devaney Center. Had a lot of activities today, full day of track and field out there tomorrow. He's going to try to break the Husker three thousand record mark. He's a confident young guy, just a sophomore. He's always had a heck of a career already, so George Cushy is my winner of the week. I could do that on a bike, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> if he had a motor uh, on it. Yikes. Losers, Josh. Josh. All right, my loser, I'm going to go with uh, the Boston Red Sox trading away Mookie mm. Betts and David Price. Yikes. I, I mean, I understand why they did it, and it, but they really didn't get nearly as much in return as they should have, and the Twins were involved in that trade, so I – you know, I know what some of the different pieces were, but it, well, they uh, seem to be pretty high on those Twins prospects. Yeah, I know, but it's just I still you're giving up Mookie Betts like that's that is unbelievable to me. So I, they're my loser. I think that that was a a, a bad move on their part. But is I, there anybody that will not pick the Dodgers to win the National League <laughs> after that deal? No way. I mean, you have to. Even they lose Jock Peterson, they're yeah. still going to be good. Jock Peterson had a hard time staying in that lineup anyway. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right, my loser of the week goes to the people that are mad at the Chiefs players for celebrating the Super Bowl um, in the fashion in which they did. I mean, what do you expect? Right. This is the, this is what these guys have been dreaming about their entire life, and for them to consume some beverages, let them—they're not breaking any laws. They've got chaperones. They've got people to take them places. Let them celebrate how they want to celebrate. See, I thought you were going to go with the guy that was trying to climb the tree with his pants. I, I couldn't decide winner or loser for him. He was just trying—he was just trying to get a good seat. Is he okay? Because he took a pretty big that was fall. a long distance to fall. I'm sure from. he felt no pain falling out of that tree. <laughs> how do you not know your pants are halfway down? Come on, they weren't halfway down. They were—they were pretty much all ninety percent. We were getting there. a full moon there, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, in the middle of daytime. My loser is Xavier Simpson. I mean, you went over it earlier in the hour in the weekend preview, but come on. You wrecked the athletic director's car? And then lie about it? And then lie about it? That's a bad deal. Bad bad look. Bad deal. All right. What are you doing the weekend? Watch some hoops? Um, XFL? Enjoy, I'm going to enjoy the last last weekend without baseball. baseball. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that means the wife's going to have me clean the house, probably finish painting the basement, play with the dog, all the other stuff. Josh so. will try to get some nap, naps in, I'm guessing. That's right. <laughs> you got to sneak those in when you can. Yeah, exactly. Yep. When, when he goes down, you go yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy stuff. All right. Enjoy, both of you enjoy your weekend. We're back here on Monday. Uh, Monday night show, we'll have our women's basketball radio hour for the week. Amy Williams will be here coming off that Indiana game on Sunday. Best of luck to them. Hopefully they can get it. Get it back on track. It's been a rough couple of weeks for the women. They need to get a victory. The men play tomorrow in Iowa uh, against the Hawkeyes. We'll have that coverage here on the Husker Sports Network.